You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to Turning Cartwheels, the podcast where we have fun at work and work hard at fun. Here's your host, Jesse Kiefer. Hey, everybody. You're listening to episode number four of the Turning Cartwheels podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Finding Serenity. Finding Serenity is a one-stop internet hub for helping you to find your bliss in our busy modern world. If you'd like to find out more, contact Holly to find out about yoga instruction, setting new intentions for your life with the desire map, or just to get some perspective on how exactly it is that you'd like to feel in your own life. You can visit finding-serenity.com for all the info about the services that she offers and how to get in touch with her. All right, so it's been a while since I've done a solo show. If you've been listening, you know that's because we had two really great interview opportunities already on the show with art teacher extraordinaire Jeff Semrad and my lovely wife, the dynamic Jane of all trades, Holly. If you haven't had a chance to listen to those, please go to cartwheelspodcast.com and check those episodes out. They were both a lot of fun. Today, I'm back to my solo show format, and since it's been a while, I'd like to invite you to review with me real quick what the show's all about. First and foremost, this show is about fun and having more of it. We define fun as something that we engage in for enjoyment. Also, the show is called Turning Cartwheels because I teach art off of a cart. And I'm also a martial arts instructor who has been known to bust out a cartwheel from time to time. Well, way back in the first episode, we talked about what the show is about and just briefly touched on who I am and what I do. Today on the show, we're going to talk a little bit more about why I decided to start this podcast about, of all things, fun. Then in the later part of the show, I'm going to talk a little bit more about some of the fun things that I've had happen recently in my job as I tell you about some of the epic ideas that surfaced in one of my second grade students art projects. So stay tuned for that. I've talked about it a little bit before, but I'm one of the hosts of the Grolix podcast, which you can find at GrolixPodcast.com. Now I love doing that show. I have so much fun doing it and it's easy for me to have fun doing it because on that show I have to do two things. I have to read comic books, and then I have to talk about them with Melanie and Randy on the show. Randy does pretty much everything else. He manages the website, he produces and edits the shows, he responds to the emails, he schedules out the social media, and so much more. I can't even, I can't even fathom. At some point, though, I thought to myself, you know what? I want to learn how to do some of that. As much as I love being a host, I don't have to know how the sausage is made if I'm just the host. But if someone ever asks me about it, I'd like to be able to speak somewhat knowledgeably on the topic. So I knew I wanted to try a solo show. Unfortunately, 
you can't much start a podcast without knowing what it is that you want to talk about on the show. So I started the journey of self-discovery. Why did I want to start a podcast, you know, aside from just my desire to learn how? Because if I'm honest, I have plenty of things I could be spending time on. Some of them might make me some money in the long run. So the podcast had to be about something that I actually wanted to talk about or something I actually wanted to know more about. And that led me back to my job as an elementary art teacher. And I've said it before, being an art teacher is an incredible profession. I count myself as being truly blessed. But the job I love has changed over the years. If you're in education right now, you know there are changes all over the place. Education in my neck of the woods has started to look a lot more corporate. And I got into education so I wouldn't be in a particularly corporate environment. In my mind, the act of learning is not particularly corporate. Unfortunately, the folks behind the scenes, you know, the people who write out my paycheck, they have a little bit more corporate reality than I have to deal with, which has slowly started to change how I have to do my job and which things I'm responsible for. There was a period of time where I wasn't adapting to those changes very well. I'm an artist and I'm an educator. In my head, that's the job I was hired to do and that's the job I want to do, teaching art. Well, if I want to continue to do those things, I also had to add some extra things to the list, whether I wanted to or not. Now, I could tell you that I've come completely around and I have nothing to complain about, but that wouldn't really be true. Uh, the reason I ultimately chose to do a podcast about having uh, fun at work is exactly because work was becoming less fun. I started focusing on some of the negatives, which created that negative attitude feedback loop that I kind of talked about a little bit in the first episode. It fed the activity of complaining, which fed the, the negativity of others to the point where I just realized, man, everything I love about my job, it's still there. I can still enjoy my job, but I have to remember that. I need to focus on it. That doesn't mean that every day is a great day, but when I have a great day, I want to recognize it and I want to celebrate it. The more I thought about it, the more I realized that the number one conversation that I have with people is about how crazy it has been at work. I also started to look at people I know around me who have jobs that I would consider less than thrilling, and yet my friends seem to enjoy them, or at least they enjoy them enough. And at the very least, they don't let their jobs ruin their day, which is really the point. Whether you love your job, or you just do your job so that you can do what you love later, that's what I'd love to know more about. So I'm here to do this podcast, not because I'm this happiness guru, not because I'm some kind of a self-help aficionado, and not because I'm some entrepreneur with something huge to sell you or something that you can invest in. I'm here to do this podcast because I'm a guy who needs more fun in his life. And I figure that if you're listening then it means that either you need a little more fun too, or you like to celebrate the positive. So either way, that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at 
fun and how to add more of it into the day and we're going to celebrate the fun that we get to have. My hope for you is that you'll join me on my untrained journey of trial and error while I try to find more fun in my week in an authentic and hopefully relatable way. And I hope you'll get something out of the show that can help improve your mood or your outlook. And if that happens, I hope that maybe people will notice a positive change in you. And I hope they'll want to be more positive too. My ultimate hope is that maybe we can all start to have a little bit more fun together. So maybe this podcast has rose-colored glasses on. Maybe we're a little idealistic. But that's probably because I realized I need to be less pessimistic and cynical. And who knows, maybe this show's premise has kind of a shelf life. Maybe it'll run its course. Uh, But just sitting down and brainstorming ideas for the show, I really think that this is an idea that will feed itself. Maybe six months down the road, the tagline for this show won't be so much about fun at work. And maybe it's just about fun in general. I don't know. So this episode is still kind of, still kind of feels like an intro level episode. In the future, we're going to have a lot more uh, interviews. We're going to have more segments where I just talk about the nature of having fun at work or some things where I had fun at work. And after the break, I'm going to give you the second grade answer to the burning question of just what does an quote unquote evil puppy do? that makes them an evil puppy. Think about that and stick around. This episode that you're listening to is the first episode of our formal iTunes launch, which means that I would love to invite you to review this show on iTunes. Your reviews are so important to the success of the show moving forward. I can't even tell you. Your five-star review has the ability to move us up in the new and noteworthy ranking, which puts our fledgling show right in the path of other awesome listeners like you. You can go to cartwheelspodcast.com forward slash support to find out how you can add your review, or you can find us by searching us out on Turning Cartwheels podcast in the iTunes store. If you aren't sure why being in New and Noteworthy is such a big deal, uh, new podcasts only get to be in that category for about eight weeks. And while they're there, they are on the front page of the iTunes store. Now, the problem is that there's a lot of new shows that come out every day. So in order to get noticed, I really need your help. Now, even if you are finding this show like six months later and we don't even qualify for new and noteworthy anymore i'd still really love your support and itunes reviews are really the best way to do that and it doesn't cost you anything it takes very little time all you have to do is just head over there to the itunes store click up to five stars and just write a real quick blurb about the show something to the effect of like hey this podcast has a lot of heart and I look forward to seeing where it's headed in the future episodes. Click save and you're done. And I want to thank you so much for just even considering it. It really means a lot. In the movie Six Degrees of Separation, 
the one with Donald Sutherland, Will Smith, and Stockard Channing, there's a scene where Sutherland's character, Flan, who is an art dealer, is describing the magic of second grade paintings, where the magic is in the art teacher, who just knows when to stop a second grader before they just go too far. And I totally love that sentiment and that scene in the movie. And I reflect it. But oftentimes in a busy art room, it's really easy to let those second graders just go a little bit too far. And while the result may not be the masterpiece of visuals that you might want to hang on your wall and frame, I, I have to say, when you ask a second grader about their artwork, you get some stories of epic proportions. Most recently, we did a project that was based on the book The Big Orange Splot by Daniel Manis Pinkwater. The basics of the story are really simple. The main character's name is Mr. Plumbean, and he lives on a neat street where all the houses are exactly the same. Until one day, a seagull drops a bucket of orange paint, and nobody knows why this bird has a bucket of paint, but he drops this bucket of paint on Mr. Plumbean's roof, and the paint leaves this big orange splot on his roof, hence the title, uh, which meant his house no longer looked like everybody else's. Now, everyone on the street feels real bad for Mr. Plumbean because he's going to have to paint his house now in order for it to fit in on their neat street. Well... So he does. He paints his house, uh, and he does it overnight because it's cooler. But he adds to the orange splot. He paints his roof blue, and he paints uh, his walls all sorts of colors, and adds a mural of a lion, and elephants, and pretty girls, and a steam shovel. Needless to say, the neighbors aren't pleased with that, and they keep imploring him to go ahead and fix up his house so that it would fit in again. He keeps upgrading it until the house has like a clock tower and his yard has palm trees and alligators in it. Kids love this part. And it just keeps getting more and more wild. Now, the reason he wants his house this way is that it now it represents how he feels. So the moral is about expressing yourself honestly. And eventually... The rest of the houses on Mr. Plumbean's street, they start to follow suit until every house on the block is now a representation of their owners, and no two houses are the same anymore. So after hearing the story, the kids start out with just a really basic template. All their houses start the same at the beginning, and then I want them to go ahead and then modify the houses from there. Some of the kids make a really bright colored house, pretty much like the one that they saw in the book. And then there's a few that uh, you just can't quite make out, not without asking a few probing questions. So I walk by, and uh, I, I notice one that looks pretty elaborate. So I ask, so I see that your house has some uh, pretty elaborate security measures. What do you have there? And that's all I got to say to elicit a maelstrom of incredible stories. So, one young man has a zombie in the attic for security, of course. Uh, so, if you, you get to the front door and you're not supposed to be there, you fall through a trap door. Pretty standard Scooby-Doo plot kind of thing right there. Um, and you get dropped into a holding pen. Now, at that point, if you aren't supposed to be there, 
you can then be sucked up through a tube into the attic. You know, think of those tubes that you see at the bank teller drive-thrus. You get sucked up through that tube into the attic. Remember, that's where the zombie is, and the zombie takes care of you from there. That's fairly elaborate, but nothing compared to my next stop. I keep wandering around the room, and then I get to the next student who has really elaborate security measures, and he's even gone so far as to label them. And I don't even have to ask him what's going on. He just starts in. The first line of defense is a set of carefully placed eye lasers. So you might think, okay, so eye lasers, that's like Cyclops from the X-Men, where you're just, you know, somebody who shoots lasers out of his eyes. That's, that's what eye lasers are, right? Nope. These are lasers that shoot you in the eye. Oh, but wait, there's more. Those are not just your average run-of-the-mill eye lasers that shoot you in the eye. These are peeled onion eye lasers. The peeled onions make you cry, and then the lasers shoot you in the eyes. At this point, you think, whoa, this, this, this young man has really got everything covered with peeled onion eye lasers. Yeah, you'd think. Uh, but this young man is too pragmatic to just leave things to chance. He's got to have plan B. So that leads me to where I have to ask about the image labeled evil puppy. Evil puppy? What would an evil puppy consist of? Well, obviously, it's a puppy that is evil. But if you get past the peeled onion eye lasers, that's where the evil puppy comes in. It has a tank on its back that is full of ketchup. And it has a ketchup gun attached to the tank that it will use to douse you with ketchup and sweep you completely from the house. Messy, burned via eye lasers, and smelling of onions. I think the evil puppy may just be the salt in your wounds here, ladies and gentlemen. It's clear to me that the architects of tomorrow will build the safest houses we could ever imagine. Well, folks, that's all I have for you this week on the Turning Cartwheels podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can shoot me an email at cartwheelspodcast at gmail.com, or you can add your voice to the show by emailing an MP3, or you can call the Google voicemail line at 402-512-1868. Now, if you do, please just remember to keep your language clean and keep it under or around two minutes. I'm excited to hear from you. Remember, you can also write us a five-star review by searching out the Turning Cartwheels podcast in the iTunes store, and it's really going to be helpful to the show, and it will get it out in front of more awesome people just like you. I've been your host, Jesse Kiefer, and I want to thank you for listening. And until next time, have fun, or at least work at it. The Turning Cartwheels podcast is produced by Vorpal Arrow Studios and is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. For this episode's show notes or to hear more, you can visit cartwheelspodcast.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash cartwheelspodcast.